Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. You know what Christy Mathewson wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clip together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles, we've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball kind of whenever. I'm your host, Christiana. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I'm doing very well today. We got a two-episode week. You are the most dedicated I've ever seen. You're just in the back of a car recording this. Uh, I yeah. love you. Love to see it. If you go on YouTube, you can see Chris literally just in the back of a car right now. Yeah. Sometimes you brought. Sometimes you brought. Yeah. Sometimes I broadcast from my room at home in Connecticut. Sometimes uh, we record from the podcast studio, and sometimes I record from a 2013 Honda CRV. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that just has to happen. But yeah, the context context of the situation is I'm staying over in Springfield, and uh, the person I'm staying with. Uh, has roommates that I don't know, nor she really knows. So I didn't want to be just over here talking about uh, a certain person's uh, drop in exit velocity. Yeah. Um, well, three strangers are listening to me. It would be kind of it'd be kind of weird. So uh, I decided to. And Springfield College, uh, luckily, its Wi-Fi works pretty much everywhere on campus. So. I am in the townhouse, uh, townhouse slash suite parking lot uh, mm-hmm. in my car, and I have a door slightly ajar so that I don't uh, dive heat, heat yeah. exhaustion um, the, in the car. The Rockies just announced their City Connect uniforms. I just sent you them. I think they're the best ones that we've seen so far, and it's like not even close. Um. I was about to say, are they green for like marijuana? But <laughs> they're they're green for uh, the, the Monfort's wallet. That's um, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, yeah, those are yeah. I like those. Those are nice. I, those are nice. I honestly, I think I'm partial to the South Side one. Yeah. I I just I really like this the the White Sox one. Hey, my number one from the jump has been uh, the Diamondbacks. I thought those were sweet. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty nice. I feel like at some point we got to do a ranking. Like maybe at the end of each year we'll do one because I don't know. I think the last yeah. City Connect uniforms. I yeah. don't. I don't know. Like how about the way they're being, uh, like the way they're each being revealed, where it's like like five or six a year, and it's just gonna they're gonna have this all go out over the course of like four or five years like yeah hey reds fans just wait till 2027 yeah yeah i know the red sox have been wearing theirs for six years (laughs) but just just wait until you see yours you're gonna love them (laughs) um also four out of five nos teams have had theirs revealed uh right right yeah um i don't think they're like i think one al team has had theirs done um just the astros i don't like the a's haven't have theirs the rangers 
the Angels, the yeah. I think the Angels might be doing theirs this year. I have to check. They released like the the schedule. Let me let me check real quick. I know the Brewers have to do theirs soon. Um, yeah, well, I'm surprised they haven't done. Surprised they haven't done the Guardians one yet because that seems like a pretty easy one. You just have a guitar on it or something. Yeah. Um, but also, like, yeah, I mean, it's all it's all city based. Like, it has nothing to do with the team name. Yeah. In most cases, I guess, except for like the Giants, they had the G. On yeah. Those. Right. 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 Um. Yeah. Let me see. So, the Nationals, Astros, Royals, and Rockies have all gotten theirs this year. Um. And the ones that are still to come are, uh, hang on, where did it say? There was an article somewhere. They announced like the exact date that every team is releasing theirs. Nice. Um, I'm trying to find the article. Okay, here it is. So the Rockies, the Rockies, okay, the on-field debut is June 4th. They're, it's kind of random when the when it gets leaked. The Angels are next. Their on-field, their on-field uh, debut is June 11th, so theirs should be getting revealed soon. Then the Brewers and the Padres, so we're going to complete the whole NL West. Yes. <laughs> we're going to complete that. the entire NL West this year. Uh, which division is going to have the least? I'm trying to think. I think it's probably just two. No, wait. The AL East has only had one. They were the very first one, right? The Blue Jays haven't gotten theirs. The Rays, the Yankees, the Orioles. Yeah, no, the AL East only has one. Yep, yeah. NL East has two. Um, AL Central has also one. Yeah, only the Royals. Uh, no White. Oh no, the White Sox have one. Okay, they have two. AL AL Central is two, right? Twins, Tigers, uh, Guardians. NL Central has the Cubs. The Brewers will be getting theirs, and I think that's it. And the AL West has two, and AL West is going to be complete. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I wonder what the decision process was. I know Boston was based completely on the Boston Marathon and Marathon. getting that in. Yeah. And, and I don't know. It's not really – it's also not based on, like, team – market either really because like no he's haven't been selected the mets haven't been selected the, i feel like they're just like picking out of a hat they're just like and here it's like all right we're gonna see it's the padres yeah like, i feel like that's just how they're doing it outside of the red sox one which was right around marathon monday uh i think everything else has been just i mean you know what you do mention market stuff like both chicago teams have had theirs revealed both la teams will have theirs revealed in the next couple weeks no New York teams. Yeah. That yeah. is interesting. Yeah, pretty interesting. I mean, with the Yankee with the Yankees City Connect ones, it's gonna be weird because like they're so traditional and they've had those they years forever. Remember like, uh remember when um like the MLB was doing players when yeah. When Brett, when during Players Weekend, when Brett Gardner was like, I don't want to have a nickname because we're, yeah. we're the Yankees and we don't have nicknames. We don't have names. We have <laughs> no we have, one's supposed to know our name. We're called by our social security numbers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the funny thing is Brett Gardner did that as like a 10-year veteran on the team. 
Nobody cared. Aaron Judge was a rookie that year. If he did that, everyone would have been like, Aaron Judge is a Yankee. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> in in a few months, he had earned more like respect from Yankee fans as Brett Gardner in 10 years. Yeah, right, right, right. Which is funny because like Brett Gardner was like, Brett Gardner had a very good career. He had a solid career. He's just, he's just not likable. <laughs> no, he looks like a thumb. Yeah. Which doesn't help his cause. Yeah. It does, uh, he was never like, top 10 at his position like right, maybe maybe yeah. statistically he was like number 10 or number nine but like when you think top 10 center fielders was there ever a time where you thought brett gardner was just definitely there yeah no he he never came out he was never the face i wonder if he ever was on like the top 10 right now yeah yeah i don't i can't imagine what was what was his best season he actually had a like not bad year last year because he walked a lot yeah he played from Assuming he he doesn't play again, because he said he wanted to only play with the Yankees. He so fittingly he had a career 100 OPS plus. Well, yeah, he it's had, it's only right. And Gardner, like what I love about him is like for an eight year stretch, he was like the most consistent guy yeah. out of the box. Like his his uh, OPS was always between like 720 and 780. Yeah. Uh, his best OPS plus in a full season was 2019. Uh, that's right. That was the year where he randomly hit 28. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was just ball. It was just balls. He had a 117 OPS plus. That was the same year Eric. But it's very funny. Like very funny. 28 home runs, 117. Yeah, right, right, right. Like, obviously, it has a lot to do with what the league OPS was, but that's it's funny. It is funny. It is he was funny. Also the, he was the last Yankee to play to have played at the old Yankee Stadium. Um, yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah. Um, 44.3 career B war. Yeah, I think, that's um, actually kind of fun. He had good defense in base running, so it makes sense. Yeah. It's very I, funny, though. Like, Jim Passan had this tweet that, like, he has more wins above replacement than this, like, high profile player. I forget. Like, yeah. Who, like, everyone agrees is pretty good, but I forget who it was. Um, I feel like I know who you're talking about. I also, yeah, I forget. Um, what is his F four? That was I'm waiting for fan graphs to load. Thirty-eight point two. Okay, so that doesn't help him. Yeah, I mean, baseball reference really values defense. He had a couple random, like, intriguing stat years, like two thousand eleven. Uh, forty-nine stolen bases led the American League. 92 OPS plus 2013 10 triples, which is crazy in that ballpark. Yeah, well, 2010 it literally says on baseball reference um, he had 7.4 wins above replacement because he had 3.4 D war. Yeah. Um, that's pretty insane. And then yeah, he had 105 OPS plus that year. Yeah, he was fifth. Among position players in wins of a replacement in 2010. That's crazy. <laughs> I need to see who is ahead of him. Obviously, it's got to be Josh awesome. Hamilton and some Josh other. Hamilton has to be number one. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was in God mode the entire season. Josh Hamilton, Evan Longoria, Robinson Cano, uh, Adrian Beltre from the Red Sox. And then, uh, and then, yeah, 
Brett Gardner. <laughs> I want to so, see yeah. how many of those 10 triples in 2018. Yeah, okay, so I was looking at – so he had 10 triples in the 2013 season. I was curious as how many of them were at home because that's a hard ballpark to hit triples in, probably the hardest one of the majors. Um, four were at home, six were on the road, which makes sense. But also four triples in a season at Yankee Stadium is pretty impressive. Oh, yeah, for sure. For That's sure. like you really got to – I mean, obviously he was quick enough to do it, but like you really have to hit the ball in a certain spot and have a subpar fielder out there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because like um, if you have a good fielder – wherever in the outfield of Yankee Stadium, like you can prevent a triple every time, no matter what the, how fast the runner is. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine Aaron Judge has had many triples happen on his watch. At Yankee Stadium. Like he could literally, <laughs> he could throw, yeah, he could probably throw it over the stadium from the right field foul pole. Yeah. Um, um, mm-hmm. So yeah, Brett Gardner, um, interesting career, interesting guy. Um, yeah, so that's the Rocky City Connect unis. Yeah. <laughs> Brett Gardner, he's interesting. He's, uh, um, you know, forever on the Yankees. And we're going to talk a little bit about teams like the Yankees, teams that are performing much better than we expected. Like the Yankees uh, could have been a playoff. Like th- in terms of predictions, I think a, a good amount of people had them as a playoff team. I don't know how many people had them winning the division, yeah. but no one had them at like a 700 winning percentage, obviously. is, And obviously that's not sustainable. We're not saying that they're going to keep doing that. But we want to talk about some teams that are doing extremely well right now, uh, above do. expectations, um, and talk about how long they're going to sustain success. And I guess we could start with the Yankees. We've already talked about the Yankees um, before on this show, but they've kept it up and uh and you know they're 32 and 13 right now uh you know Aaron Judge is looking like uh a potential MVP this year um and Nestor Cortez has kept it up uh just throwing 91 on average still getting you know like a crazy amount of strikeouts uh, and very good with uh, run prevention with a 1.70 ERA, 255 FIP. Um, what do we think about what do we think yeah. about the New York Yankees? Can I just say one more thing about Brett Gardner? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Sure. So he's going to be on the Hall of Fame ballot eventually. I think it would be he. I mean, he, the last year he played was 2021, so it'd probably be you know four and a half years from now. What are the odds? One Yankee writer puts him down. Oh, a hundred percent. Like he is like he's gonna be a one and done. There's no doubt about that. He's not getting five percent of the vote. He might get some Yankee votes, like some Yankee writer, like Mark Feinzen, not Mike Mark Feinzen. Like I think I think Mark Feinzen's better than that. Like Yeah, but you know some what? guy he's, he's not a Yankee the reporter, but I can see John Heyman being yeah. like, <laughs> you know what? I look at this guy. He was a he was a staple to the Yankees. It's like he yeah, was the I, heartbeat of the, he was the heartbeat of the, of the team in the late 2010s and early 2020s when they were making a playoff push every year. 
Yeah, I was at the same table Adam once at this dinner, and he was he was a pretty good guy. So I'm gonna. Put no, that's that's a Bob Nightingale move though, because he's the guy that put Latroy Hawkins because he was a nice guy. Yeah. Okay. I, maybe I'm getting the two confused. Yeah. It, it could be both of them, honestly. I could see Heyman pulling that one as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, how many people are nice to John Heyman? I don't know. <laughs> um. So. <laughs> Yeah. The, anyway, um, back to the Yankees. Hall of Fame vote. I think the I think the strike we're seeing from them right now is the biggest test that they're going to have probably all season uh, to see how well they can sustain the success because they've been plagued with injuries a lot recently, especially in the bullpen. Uh, Chad Green is going to be having Tommy John surgery. He's out for the year. He's also a free agent, so this could very well mean that his Yankee career uh, is over, which I think. You know, even when that time comes, we'll pay tribute to that because I think Chad Green had a very good Yankee career that a lot of people don't talk about. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he was one of the he was a top ten reliever in the league, probably the entirety of his time with the Yankees from like 2017 on. Um, Chapman has given up a run in six straight appearances, and he just went on the IL. It was five or six straight appearances. Uh, he is uh, Achilles tendonitis. 15-day IL with no timetable for a turn, so who knows uh, how long that will last. Josh Donaldson is on the COVID IL, and he also has uh, a one-game suspension. John Carlos Stanton just went on the DL with ankle inflammation. 10-day IL saying there's no timetable for the return. Uh, they've had Domingo Herman out all year. Like This is a team that has been kind of falling left and right with injuries, but uh, you know they – like you think back to the 2019 team that won like 103, 104 games, that team had the same issues around this time of the season and they just kept winning games. And I think that, you know, if this Yankee team is going to sustain success, like this, this stretch of games they're going to have right here is going to be the biggest determining factor in that they have, they won against the Rays last night. They have, uh, I think three more games against them this weekend in the, in Tropicana fields. Uh, they're facing McClanahan, uh, Jeffrey Springs out of the bullpen, Corey Kluber. Like, so they have some good matchups there. Um, next week, they are facing the Angels at Yankee Stadium. Uh, that's another good team, a team that we're going to be talking about in a little bit. Uh, and then next weekend, they are facing, uh, okay, the Tigers at home. That'll be, a, that'll be an easier one for them. Yeah. Yes. Um, and talking about the injuries, um, one of the team, one of the factors that had me hesitant on the Yankees' success before the season started was, you know, I didn't know how healthy they were going to be. Um, you know, it was, it seemed like, uh, it seemed very lucky last year that the Red Sox were, or the Yankees were able to get full seasons out of both John Carlos and Aaron Judge. And, uh, like, I, you know, it's still hard to believe that they were able to go the whole way thus far this year until, uh, you know, Stanton just went on the IL. Um, so yeah, that's, that's hard to sustain. Um, and yeah, Aaron judge, Aaron judge is looking great. Um, I don't bet think, on himself. Uh, yeah. Bet on himself. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know if, if he does fall off, I don't think it'll be by, it'll be by too much. I mean, his barrel rate is uh, off the charts. It's, it's unbelievable to see It's like 19% or something like that. I, I feel like it, I think it's more, I think it might be more. Uh, it's 27%. Oh, 
Oh my god. 27%. Wow. Side yeah. note, uh, Judge, Stan, and Gallo are all top five in bail percent. You'll love to see it. Yep, yep. <laughs> Gallo, that's... I mean, I guess it's uh, the percentage of times you make contact, so... Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, you look at it, like, his, his barrel... Like, his barrels per, per batted ball is 19.7%. His barrels per PA is 9.5, which is a really steep drop-off, um, which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think also an improvement generally that Aaron Judge has made in his career is he's his strikeouts are lower, so I feel like that makes him less prone to a big slump. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like what we're seeing out of him is uh, is something pretty insane for sure. Yeah. Um. um so the 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 team's next four series, counting this current one, at the Rays against the Angels uh, at home, against the Tigers at home, and then going to Minnesota. That's three good teams that they're going to face with, with you know, this injury-riddled roster that they're carrying right now. I think if the Yankees win all four of these next series, this team is for real and they can compete the entire season for the um, division. Yeah, for sure. I like mean, I'll put a lock on it if they win all four of these. They got so you you said you they have the Rays, Angels, who else? Tigers, which is the one easy one, and then the Twins at Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It it's been like the Yankees so far have been pretty crazy to witness, and yeah, if they continue like that, especially with a depleted roster. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like there's nothing that can stop this team if they win all four of these series with this roster, in my opinion, especially against those teams. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and like, I think the only thing that can stop them is if they come back down to earth and maybe start playing like, I don't know, like five thirty ball for like a couple months, and then like the Blue Jays or Rays just have like a skyrocket month, or the Red Sox. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. that's the only thing that can really stop this team. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I could see them being like a 100 win wildcard team. That could, that would make sense. Yeah. Well, uh, it's the A at least. It would yeah, make it's... a lot of sense. What's their winning percentage right now? It is 32 divided by 45. Yeah. It's going to be 700. Yeah, it's 7 seven eleven. So obviously, they're not playing 7 11 ball the whole year. That yeah. would. What would that? How many wins would that put them at? Like a hundred twelve. <laughs> yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Like I, I, they're not gonna be like that the entire season, but I mean, if they finish at six hundred, that's like what a hundred something wins, like a low one hundreds. Um, at six hundred. Yeah, winning percentage. Uh, I think it would be ninety six or ninety eight. Yeah. Point six so. times one sixty two. Yeah, ninety-seven. But yeah, okay. that's usually winning a division. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, yeah, seven eleven ball would put them at one hundred fifteen wins, which uh, yeah, they'd be one shy of the Mariners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which I, one of the most competitive divisions in baseball. Yeah, I I don't think they're gonna do that. Um, I think the Blue Jays and Rays are going to get better. Like they've kind of been underperforming, not even just against the Yankees, but just in general. 
So I think they're going to run into some tougher games against those teams. They've also played, and they've already had four series against the Orioles. Um, huh. Wow. Yeah. What are they? What's the? I mean, I'm sure they're beating up on them like they should be. Um, let me check. Yeah, like they're nine and four against them. Yeah. So nine and four. They've played what? How many games does that make against the Orioles? Thirteen. Yeah, they've played the Rays once the whole year. Like they Which was last night. Yeah, they've played the Red Sox uh, for a series. They played Toronto uh, for three series, and they, they have played Toronto well a lot. Them. And they're doing well against them. They're six and three. Um and yeah, is it, um Baltimore, Boston, Rays, Blue Jays. Yeah, those are all the. Those are all the teams for sure. Yes. Um. And yeah, like uh, like even even other division winners, like or you know division favorites, like the Chicago White Sox. I mean, they've played, they played all their games against them. Yep. Um. So yeah, I mean, like they've they've definitely outperformed expectations. I think they have some guys having some career years, like. I mean, Nestor Cortez is the biggest example, but even like Aaron Judge is having a career year. Yeah, uh, like he's having a better year than he was in 2017. Yeah, I mean, Jamison Tyon has a 2.59 ERA right now. Clay Holmes has been otherworldly. He definitely has been. Um, Michael King is the guy that like his usage is starting to catch up to him a little bit. Uh, I think he gave up a home run in his last outing, but he's still been more than serviceable, 2.96 ERA, which is. Yeah wildly only a 126 ERA plus yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's ins- that's insane and then uh and then Garrett Cole has come back to yes his regular form um has a strikeouts aren't quite there yet but they'll get there yeah I mean he still has a he still has a flat three fit I think he's decreased uh his home run allowance so yes. uh he's doing well in that department um so yeah, I think I think for sure there's guys who are there's a ton of guys who are overperforming, but you know I I can't imagine like I think Nestor Cortez can sustain his success uh, to a degree and so, I don't know if he's gonna finish with a sub two ERA. Yeah, I mean like I but, think well, I, mean, I think he can finish with a sub three. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then you know I think. I think Jamison Tyon has potential of like, and we've already seen it of finishing with like a low three ZRA and we know Garrett Cole's potential for sure. And, and yeah, like Aaron judge could definitely have an OPS over a thousand. Um, when the, when the season comes to an end. Um, so yeah, like, uh, they've put themselves in a very good spot. Um, and yeah, it's like, especially, yeah, if they, if they do well in these next four series, as you mentioned, it's it's their division to lose most likely. Um, so, yeah, that's the Yankees. Um, a another uh, division, I guess. Yeah, I guess that transitions well into the other division leader out of New York, the Mets. Um, I think we both know. <laughs> I think we both know, like what our instinct is to say (laughs) no let's let's let's, you make a universal agreement we're not going to say it okay let's just let's just there's no let's pretend this is a normal baseball team that doesn't 
have the track record that some might have. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this um, is the, uh, the the New York Metropolitans, a very intriguing franchise. Uh, they I mean, started they in a, 1962. Yeah, they had a great 1962 season, <laughs> and they, they got uh, off running. Um, one of the one of the uh, narratives of this team early on in the season was that they had the lowest hard hit rate in the league, uh, so that so nothing was really sustainable. Um, they're now up to 23rd in the league, so they're climbing the ladder. Obviously, they're hitting better. Um, and this is a team that with, you know, with injuries is only going to get better. Like they just lost Max Serger. Um, they lost Tyler McGill, I think. And they hopefully have Jacob DeGrom coming back. I would love to see it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see that too, for sure. Um, they've also done, I mean, looking at their schedule breakdown, they've done pretty well against the rest of their division. I mean, they've yeah. done what they should do against the nationals. They're five and two against them. Six and three against the Phillies, and they've uh, split two and two against the Braves. And it uh, doesn't appear like they've played the Marlins yet, um, which no. those are some potential wins. Um, um, their rotation right now is so depleted. Chris Bassett, David Peterson, Carlos Carrasco, Taiwan Walker. Yeah. Uh, to their credit, they've all been doing pretty well. Like Bassett's been solid, which I guess we expected from him. Carrasco has had a comeback campaign. Walker's been pretty good. Uh, like everyone's been doing their job. No one's been necessarily exceptional. Um, yeah. Edwin Diaz has, except for uh, his last game against the Giants. Did you watch that game, by the way? Um, no, I heard it was game of the year, though. It was game of the, from my tweet. Yes, it was game of the year. Yeah. Um, the Mets were down 8-2. They came back and made it like 9-8. It took a Jock Peterson third home run of the game to give the Giants back the lead. The Mets took the lead again in the ninth inning, and then through some babippery, the uh, Giants ended up walking it off. <laughs> the, the Giants had like 40 ground ball singles, I think. Babippery. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, for sure. Like, So with the Mets, Mets are – um, Mets are interesting because I think there there are some guys overperforming, but there are guys that are like back at the level they should be at, like guys like uh, Jeff McNeil and uh, Francisco Lindor are. Yeah, I think Lindor. Should, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Lindor. Lindor is at a one twenty five OPS plus. I mean, that's that's where he's been like pretty much. Yes. Around where he's been his whole career. However, his defense has not been there. That's which true. Is very weird. He was last I checked, he had minus six defensive run saved, which is not the Lindor that I know. Yeah, yeah. That uh, that particular part is weird. Right now it is at it's at minus five. It's coming back. Yeah. Um and he he didn't lead among which is weird because he has a two point one defensive runs above average. Yeah, it, it yeah, it can be. It can be weird with that stuff. Like every every single defensive stat I'm looking at here on Fangraphs, like the range stat is down. The I think it's like an error sort of stat. That's a rate stat is down. UZR is down. UZR 150 is down. OA is down. Defensive runs above average is 2.1. Yeah, what's his <laughs> what's his outs above average at? It's minus one. It's not like horrible. Yeah. It's so, I mean, like you can you can come back from it for sure. It's probably like I'm, I wonder what percentile it is. Yeah, it's probably like 
38th or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's not at the end of the world. But yeah, I, I think with, so yeah, defensive runs above average, it includes as above average and an arm factor. So maybe his arm factor. 22nd percentile. By the way, do you know where Francisco Lindor went to high school? Um, he went somewhere in Florida, right? Yeah. So it's a school that you're familiar with. Um, school that I'm familiar with. Yeah. Hmm. I'll give you a hint. You interviewed someone from that school. Oh, Montverde. Yeah. Montverde. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. I just I saw it on a savant. I was like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, why, yeah. Why didn't he show up to hoop ball? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why didn't he support his? <laughs> Dude, your team played ball. IMG. Come support. Yeah. Why didn't you support the great, you know, Jalen Hudciano, <laughs> Sky Clark, uh, Dylan Mitchell? Dylan Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't you? Derek Whitehead. Support those guys. I mean, those guys are future stars. Yeah, in the NBA. Derek Whitehead. <laughs> yeah eventually we will become a uh, high school basketball podcast don't worry yes once a week every year once for, a week every for, for next year only <laughs> uh <laughs> um for those unaware it's springfield college hosts who paul and we did we were uh doing media for them for for who paul yeah this year and it's it's funny because it's like 30 basketball games in five days and you just get used to, you just get very immersed in the basketball, high school basketball culture for five days. Yeah, after knowing about it. limited about it. <laughs> uh, Montford. Yeah, shout, shout out. Shout out to Montford. Shout out to them. I forget their mascot. Probably like <laughs> the Eagle, probably like the Eagles or something. They don't really, they don't go too uh, creative there. Yeah. The mascots. Um, but yeah, on to back to the Mets. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to point that out. Um, yeah, back to the Mets. Like, yeah, Brandon Nimmo, I have as my second NL outfielder, but like, that's yeah. a guy he's all like his problems have been injuries, it hasn't been production. He's always, I, I mentioned his uh, like he was my player to watch, and I mentioned he was like on the top of the leaderboards in OBP every single year. Yeah, you yeah, you were in yeah, he was uh he was your player to watch. And yeah, he has a 385 on base presenters this year. Um, you know, 22 walks in 181 plate appearances, you know, that's gotta be like 13, 14%. He has a 392 career OBP in eighteen hundred plate appearances. Yeah, he's underperforming <laughs> in the on base percentage department. He's not he's been at four hundred each of the last two years and three of the last four years, not including this one. So like what the hell? Yeah, so Brandon Nimmo is slightly alarming. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, like looking at the team without attaching the name to them, like uh, their talent is performing like they should, uh, which is great. Um, I think maybe they're starting pitching staff, like with, with the absences of Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer for the next, you know, at least month. Um, that's going to be tough to sustain, but like, I think, you know, if they do, if they perform in an, 
average way, I think they can keep that division lead for the next month until Scherzer and DeGrom come back. Yeah, I mean, you also look at some of the additions that the team made in the offense. You know, everyone's been kind of doing their part. I mean, Eduardo Escobar was my first. How about that? He has a 101 OPS plus, which is above average. But you have to remember that, you know, it's above average. It doesn't mean a lot this year offensively. He's a 692 OPS. So obviously you can ask for more there. Uh, uh, Starling Marte, that poor guy has been going through so much, man. Um, Yeah. You saw what happened with him. Um, but he homered in his first game back from the bereavement list, which was cool. He has a 106 OPS plus. Um, they have they have three guys above 140. Brandon Nimmo, Jeff McNeil, Pete Alonso. Yeah, and which uh, is crazy because Pete Alonso has an 840 OPS, which is the highest among those three. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> like I feel like the, the ballpark definitely has a lot to do with it. Um yeah, I mean I think the uh, I, I just I like what the I like what the players are doing, and when you detach the na- the 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 team like the organization from this uh, from the squad, it's like oh mm-hmm. you know maybe they could do it. But they have a seven and a half game division lead, so yeah. at this part it's uh, a lot. Obviously, this is the team with that name. Uh, but you know what? I think the team can, uh, can win the division. It's a very good chance of it. Like it's it should like if they win, it's catastrophic. Oh yeah, they could definitely do it. Um, but I'm swiftly reminded of uh of last year. Like this, this is exactly <laughs> this is exactly what it looked like. Do they ever? Do they have a seven and a half game lead last year? Like that's they could have. I'm just I'm genuinely asking. Um, maybe maybe not. I remember like everyone in the NL East was like around 500. I guess yeah. when when they had the lead. like the Braves are having the same season. They're 21 and 24. Yeah, for sure. Um, they just need Acuna to get injured. <laughs> he just. Yeah. Yeah, Acuna's been holding them back for sure. Clearly. Oh wait, he already did. Wait, what am I talking about? I mean, he didn't, but like he was already out for an injury. I'm kidding, by the way. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he is an 8.46 OPS in 17 games played, 400 OBP. Yeah, clearly that's that's uh making the team a lot worse. Yeah. Um, Matt Olson's been very good, but they definitely are missing Freddie Freeman. Yeah. Yeah. He's been he's been significantly better. Um, sure. Dansby Swanson's been turning it up offensively. I know that I talked about him being a subpar hitter this year with amazing defense and base running, but the offense has kind of come along in the last week or so. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, they're waiting for Marcelo Zuna to get going. They're waiting for Adam Duvall. Holy cow, he's been miserable. Um, yeah. 51 weighted runs created, or 51 OPS bolts. Right, right, right. Eddie Rosario was bad before he got hurt, which maybe that's why. Yeah, the Braves, the Braves, like, you know, it's not like, especially since we've seen it before, it's not something you can get really worried about. Yeah. Um, when that. But if the Mets keep playing like this, it's they're gonna make it a lot harder because, you know, the Braves winning the division was a combination of them playing out of their minds, but also the Mets. Just falling. I mean, everyone remembers that Steve Cohen tweet of like, 
I've never seen a team that is – I don't remember the exact wording, but, I mean, you know exactly what tweet I'm talking about. Yeah, like – but, yeah, what I will say is, like, if the Mets are – if the Mets are three games ahead in the – three games ahead or more in the division by the time Scherzer and DeGrom come back, look out. Yes. Yeah. Like, this is a team that is – you know, usually it's what happens is they play well, they get hurt, and then they fall. Yeah. They got injured, and they're, they're still the Mets. Like, even that game that they lost in San Francisco, like, they – it was a West Coast game, and there were so many Mets fans that went to sleep and woke up and being like, what did I just miss? Yeah. Yeah, exactly, which is like – This team – Usually it's the opposite. Yeah. Like, this team is, is making games out of games that shouldn't be games. Like, yeah, there was that like, big comeback in Philly earlier this year. Um like they've just been doing the thing yeah I, uh, they had one against uh, st louis i think mm-hmm. um where they came back yeah uh yeah and the guys that should be doing well are doing well pete alonzo uh jeff mcneil having a great comeback season as i mentioned and brandon nimmo like just you, you you're kind of tense around that subject when you say like oh brandon nimmo is doing well hope he doesn't get hurt yeah i mean if he doesn't get hurt i mean that is potential like he has it's over for you people he's like an all mlb nominee uh at the very least um if he if he stays healthy this whole way because i mean he's on base as you mentioned career on base percentage is 392 it's insane um and the next uh next little team to get into is a team leading the American League Central right now, not the American League Central favorites, but they did uh, win the division crown in 2019 and 2020, but they finished in last in 2021. Um, made some additions in, in the 2022 season, but uh, they're nine games above 500 right now, four and a half ahead of the division favorite White Sox uh, right now. And, uh, and yeah, like, what's what's the temperature on the on the Minnesota Twins right now? They're doing very the twins, well. The Twins are intri- intriguing. They're they're succeeding right now with the best rotation of 2016 with Dylan Bundy, Chris Archer, and Sonny Gray. Yeah, uh, all three of those guys. It's like, wait, when did when did they get that guy? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Especially this past <laughs> off season. Yeah, like Sonny Gray was the only one that people probably knew about. Like I had yeah. no idea they got Bundy. I heard about them getting Archer, but I wouldn't be surprised if other people didn't. Um, right. And, like, I mean, Sonny Gray was a guy that I was very intrigued about because of his uh, numbers away from Cincinnati last year. And it's been – he's been kind of holding up that end of the bargain for himself. 27 and two-thirds innings pitched and six starts. I know it's probably not a lot, but, uh, I mean, he's been, you know, he's been doing all right. Uh, two six ERA. 310 FIP, 11.4 strikeouts per nine, 3.3 walks per nine, 1.0 home runs per nine. Uh, he's been pitching very well. Other than Joe Ryan, who's broken out as an ace but is currently injured, he is the best pitcher, the best starting pitcher on this team right now. Yeah, yeah. Sonny Gray, um, the Sonny Gray experiment, or I don't know, I didn't even know if it was an experiment, but the Sonny Gray like transition to, you know, a pitcher-friendly ballpark is working out very well. Um, yes. you know, he's he's in a pitcher friendly ballpark for the first time since he was in Oakland, which was the best 
two, two, three teams ago now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you know, he went from Oakland to New York to Cincinnati to Minnesota and uh, working out tremendously. I mean, also his strikeout numbers are up, which is always going to help you out. Uh, 11.4 strikeouts per nine. Um, love to see that for, for him. And yeah, Dylan Bundy, like, that's interesting. He's got a 394 FIP. He's, you know, he's not where he was at in 2020, but he's not as bad as he was last year. So uh, exactly. that's great. And your guy to watch, Bailey Ober. I mean, he's been, mm-hmm. you know, he, I, it looks like he probably got injured at some point as he's only made he five moves this year. Yes. But I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, you pointed the out home runs. If, if he cuts down on the home run allowance, then uh, it works out. And I mean, he's cut it down by more than half. Um, with only 0.7 home runs per nine, he's probably benefiting a little bit from uh, the dead ball, but um, but I mean it's working out. It's working out great. His strikeout to walk ratio is still uh, 3.33, um, and yeah, I mean uh, even like uh, looking at just like the back end of the bullpen, um, Johan Duran is, you know, you're one of your uh, how about that's from earlier this yeah. year. He's very intriguing. Emilio. Johan Duran is, I just want to say, he's going to get better. He has 1.7 home runs per nine, which is absurd. Like that, that is insane. I don't, I don't know. I can't explain it. Like Rafael Devers took him deep on a, like a hundred mile pitch that was inside out of the zone. Yeah. Couldn't tell you how that happens. Like if you look at the home runs he's given up, it's all, how in the world did they hit that? Like, not only not only how did they hit it for a home run, but how did they hit it? The Devers home run was on a 98.4 mile an hour pitch that was down and inside, not a strike. And he hit it for a home run. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Johan Duran is, he's ridiculous. So, I mean, it's hard to expect people to consistently hit home runs off of him. There's one that's like one that was fair. He gave up a home run to Austin Hayes um that actually cleared that wall it, he cleared a uh, Baltimore out there and left 94 mile an hour pitch that was uh in game day zone five that one made oh. sense Ryan Mountcastle he gave up two home runs of the Orioles this is a hundred or sorry it was a 95 mile an hour fastball also game day zone five so all right he's missing his location a little bit Vasquez took him deep that was also a ball two of his four home runs allowed have been balls that's it's just like and the other and the it, other two are fair home runs. Swinging. Yeah, the other two are fair home runs, but still, let's just say that those both those are taken for balls. That's four home runs given up, or sorry, that's two home runs given up over twenty-two in the third innings pitch. That would be what? What would that home run per nine be? How many home runs and how many innings pitch? Two, two home runs, twenty-one in the third innings. I mean, yeah, a little less than one, probably like point eight. Yeah, which is still. Well, I mean, that would make him. A, that would make his ERA a lot better. It would make his FIP a lot better. I mean, you'd be talking about less than a home run per nine, a thirteen point one strikeouts per nine, and one point three walks per nine. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he has thirty one strikeouts and three walks in twenty one innings. Uh, yeah, it's pretty and unbelievable. And he throws over a hundred on a splitter, which doesn't happen. It just doesn't. <laughs> it's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and in terms of, like, competition, looking at their schedule breakdown, um, their only real competition potentially in realistically in the division this year is the White Sox, and they've played them in one series, and they swept them. 
three um, games. OPS. OPS Plus has been very nice to them in their ballpark. Yeah, they have a 113. But, like, look at just looking at some of these guys. Okay, Luis Arias, he's slashing 347, 448, 413 for an 861 OPS. What do you think his OPS Plus is? Oh, I think I checked earlier. It's 161, okay. right? It's 161. That's insane. Uh, Gio Urshela has a 668 OPS and a 101 OPS Plus. <laughs> Which is weird. Like their ballpark factor is ninety three for one year, ninety seven for multi year in terms of batting. Um, yeah, I that's just can't really way, explain it. That's just the way it goes in twenty twenty two. Gilberto Celestino uh, has a one thirty five OPS plus with a seven seventy six OPS. That's I don't like it. By the way, I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if this really means as much to you, Chris, as it does to me. But Jose Miranda, one of their top prospects. Just so happens to be related to Lin Manuel Miranda. Oh yeah, that's ins- the uh, that's insane. Hamilton. Yeah, look at you yeah. knowing musical theater. It's only, it's strictly one hundred percent because of my sisters. Okay, fair, <laughs> fair enough. Um, yeah, like I I had no idea that connection existed, but that was mind blowing because Lin Manuel Miranda tweeted like. I forget the relation, but it was like my it might have been brother. It was like my brother's a, a big league baseball player. That's pretty hilarious. Let me let me check it. I want to make sure. Couple of couple of major talents. Yeah, cousin. Okay, it's cousin. They're cousins. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. Imagine sick. being those two siblings. It's like, yeah, you you raised like a musical theater god. I used the I raised the major league baseball player who is came up as a top prospect. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. The my temperature on the twins is like. I don't think they're going to win the division, but I, I'm very high on their on their playoff chances right now. Absolutely, especially with that second. I think I had them in the playoffs. You did, um, you I did. I, I had them as the five seed. Um, yeah, this is a team that I was pretty high on. I think they were my sleeper team in the American League. Um, and a lot of their, you know, even with the Joe Ryan injury, let me check what the timetable is for him, like how severe that is. Um, yeah, I mean – like the twins, I mean, they're not known for the rotation, but they do have a decent amount of depth. Like they have a oh, it's just it's COVID nineteen IL. Okay, so he's okay. back whenever. Yeah, he'll be back. Um, let me check. Yeah, I mean, what else do they have coming back? Miguel Sano. Um, they really haven't gotten him going. He actually just hit the sixty day IL a month ago. Um, Chris right. Paddock is getting Tommy John surgery. Um, yeah. Cody Stashik, I don't think I've ever talked about him on the show, but he's been one of my favorite relievers just from a statistical standpoint. He's hurt right now. Um, yeah, hold on. Let me let me look at why I liked Cody Stashik so much. I think it was his strikeout to walk ratio. Yeah, it was. <laughs> like, look at like in uh, 2020, he pitched 15 innings, uh, 10.2 strikeouts per nine, 1.8 walks per nine. Last year, 5.7 walks per nine, but 14.9 strikeouts per nine in 15 and two-thirds innings this year. Hasn't walked a guy in 16 and a third innings. Strikeouts are down, but he's been very effective. He has a FIP of 210 and an ERA of 386, uh, thanks to a uh, 306 BABIP. So I bet his BABIP is high with runners in the scoring position. Yeah. Yeah, He does have 0.6 home runs per nine, which is not a lot. Um, right. Well, so what, what are your thoughts on the twins so far? How long do you think 
they might have a division lead. I think there's no reason to believe they can win the division. I know it sounds super crazy. Um, I do think the White Sox are still the favorites to win the division at this point, but I mean, think about 2019. What was the what was the temperature with the Twins up until September? It was yeah, they're good playing well right now, but the, the Indians are gonna catch them. Like the yeah. Indians are just gonna make the playoffs, and then it never happened. Um, yeah. And you know what? Like maybe this is the same thing where it's hey, the Twins are good, they could win the division, but the White Sox are gonna catch them. But the Twins just keep playing well. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, that entire season was. Yeah, they'll fall off eventually, and then they just never did. Yeah, wow. Cody Stashik, uh, in 12 at-bats uh, with runners in scoring position, hitters are 9 for 12. <laughs> 750, 692, 1083, 1776. His OPS is the year America was founded. Yeah, very patriotic, Tim. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, like – yeah, with the Twins, I I, to, I completely agree with you. I, there's no reason to believe they can't win the division. I mean, yeah, obviously the White Sox are the favorites, and I think the White Sox will end up taking over. But there will be, it'll be no surprise to me if the um, if the uh, if the if yeah, the Twins a, can take over. They have a four and a half game lead. They're the only team in the division with a positive uh, standard runs, simple, sorry, uh, positive simple rating system on baseball reference, which is usually based on run differential. Um, my MLB.com app, like, doesn't show run differential anymore. That's That always used to be my way of looking at it. Um, but they just, they just don't have it anymore, or at Ooh. least I haven't found it. Yeah. My, my MLB app. Um, let me check run differentials though. I admittedly don't do it that much because I don't, I don't run differentials are very far off. I think I have their, uh, thing. They're plus 31. The white Sox are minus 42. Holy cow. I mean, to be fair, they did just lose two games to the red Sox where they scored 16 runs. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. That's the thing with run differential. It's kind of dumb. Twins Pythagorean win loss is one game worse than their actual Makes sense. Uh, so, like, yeah, they're plus 31. Who is the, yeah. But, yeah, like, uh, how I see it is if we played out three simulations of how the rest of the regular season will go, I say the White Sox win the division two of those simulations, but the Twins win it one of those simulations. The White Sox, the White Sox have a worse run differential than the Orioles. That's that's great. I love. They that. have a worse. They have a worse run differential. Um, that's the only really bad team I'd say. I guess the Colorado Rockies, but they're twenty and twenty-four. Yeah, the Orioles are the only really good example there. They're better than Kansas City. They're better than Detroit. They're better than uh, Washington, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. By the way, I just saw this on Twitter. Um, the Reds Cubs uh, Field of Dreams game this year. It's gonna be it's so stupid. A year, like a year, like past when they made that decision. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that guys like Alfonso Rivas are getting a chance to play in that game. Yeah, finally. <laughs> yeah, finally we got guys like. Uh, Brandon Drury. I forget the guy's first name. San Martin. Riviere. 
Oh yeah, Revere San Martin can finally uh, get the spotlight. <laughs> we've been we've been putting 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 him out of the spotlight too long. Yeah. He finally. Gets I don't even know how to spell his name. Revere. How do I? I'm just gonna type in San Martin. Okay, it's River. Revere River. It's Raver. Okay, it's Raver San Martin. Uh, he has a a 13.78 ERA in uh, 16 and a third innings pitched and four starts. Yeah. Yeah. FIP of 6.35 though. It's getting unlucky. Right. It's, I kind of feel bad for uh, Jonathan India. Like he just came onto a team that was like in somewhat decent shape. Yeah. On a very good offense. By the way, bye bye everyone. Um, do you want to guess? I don't know if you've looked, but do you want to guess who leads the Reds in B War? Um, no, I haven't looked actually. If you get it, I will be very impressed. Um, I'll give you a hint. It's a pitcher, and this guy was the first pitcher to go six innings in a start for them this year. Um, first pitcher to go six innings in a start for them. I feel like I'm playing uh, the Wardle. <laughs> the MLB Pickle. MLB Pickle, shout out to them. Well, yeah. it's not Hunter Green, obviously. That would be too obvious. Yeah. I don't know if I can name well, Another Tyler Male. It's not Tyler Male. Like, yeah. I'm just naming off pitchers in my head. Like, yeah, their pitching staff is actually not as bad. Um, yeah, Wade Miley's gone. Um, I can't name. I don't know if I can name a single starter outside of okay Green, Do you want the Male, and Castillo. I can't imagine this guy leads the team in F four. Okay, but the the team leader in B war is a guy named Connor Overton. I wouldn't have who gotten. has made four starts for the Reds, has a one eight two ERA, twenty four and two thirds innings pitched, uh, three point six strikeouts per nine. Uh, 2.6 walks per nine, no home runs allowed, and he is currently on the 60-day IL. Oh, damn. Poor guy. Uh, Stress in lower back. Yeah, this guy, like, think about it. The Reds have played uh, 34 games – or, no, sorry, 44 games at this point. The leader in B-War is a guy who has appeared in four games. Yeah. That's, That's where the Reds are at. I checked out. Um, by the way, also, did you see that Edwin Diaz's brother is on the Reds? That's pretty cool. Um. Oh yeah. I. Well, I've seen the the like overlays of the two. Yes. They have like the same motion. He's three point five hits per nine in twenty and two thirds innings pitched this year. He's pretty good. That's pretty sick. Just walks a lot of people, but he also strikes out a lot of people. Well, hey, that makes sense. Yeah. Given given the relation, um, he's a he's uh, a Diaz. All right, um, do we want to talk a little bit about the Angels before getting into players to highlight? Yes, I feel like we've talked about them a little bit. They're kind of an ongoing subject in the baseball world. It's because of Taylor Ward. It's because of it's because they have star players like Taylor Ward and Patrick Sandoval, and yes. they've just been wait. Everyone has been saying. We need to get guys like Taylor Ward and Patrick Sandoval into the playoffs. It's been way too um, long uh, without without them reaching it. And I, I ha- personally, I have to agree. 
you can't um, disagree. Like, what are you talking about otherwise? Yeah, they're they're uh, second in the AL West, two games out, two games behind the Astros. I imagine they have a wild card spot um, if the season ended today. Yes. Um, fifty. Hey, fifty point six percent to make the postseason. Nice, nice. Um, the starting pitching has been holding up. Michael Lorenzen, a three point oh five ERA. Uh, also a four point oh eight FIP. He doesn't have a lot of strikeouts. That's why, but. Michael Lorenzen in this day and age hasn't really been a strikeout guy. Uh, Reed Demers, of course, threw the no hitter. Um, Patrick Sandoval, a 1.79 ERA. Um, Noah Syndergaard, a 308. Like, and then obviously Shohei Otani's been doing his thing. Uh, he's been excellent. It's crazy. The, yeah. Shohei Otani legit could win. He has a chance at shot at Cy Young this year. I don't think he qualifies though. Well, I mean, like he's gonna like if he qualifies, he's gonna have like 163 innings. I mean, you don't have to. But to be fair, Corbin Burns. What's a qualification these days? What is a? I mean, tell that to the writers; they care. Like straight up, Corbin Burns had what 165 innings pitched last year. Yeah, but I mean, if he threw 160, he'd still be. I don't know. I think some writers would have voted for Zach Wheeler in that scenario. Yeah, well, like, like I'm not even joking. Like, if I look at the ERA leaderboards and I don't see him, I'm not voting for him. Like, I straight up think that's how a lot of people would have voted. I still would have voted for Burns in that case, but yeah, because I mean, relievers have won the Cy Young. Yes, yeah, they obviously don't. But play. also, relievers aren't supposed to qualify. Starters are supposed to qualify, right? Yeah, I guess technically. Yeah, I still, I still voted. I mean, I didn't have a vote, but I would have voted for Corbin Burns last year. I think he was deserving, and I have no problem with him winning. Yeah. But I guarantee you, if he pitched a two, three and a third less innings, he doesn't. He either doesn't win or he doesn't win by as much. I guarantee one of those thirty writers takes that into consideration. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. There's no ERA t- title, which was part of his attraction. Yes. Um. But anyway. Yeah, Lorenzen. That's interesting. It's weird. The Angels' starting staff is weird. Outside of Otani, like. Strikeout numbers are low, but they're doing yes. well. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Sandoval's at 8.5 strikeouts per yeah. nine. Uh, that's very good. Well, I mean, walk, like, walk numbers are low too. Walk numbers are very low. Patrick Sandoval, okay. Uh, so out of Otani, Lorenzen, Detmers, Sandoval, and Syndergaard, Patrick Sandoval has the most walks and he has a two, two, five, nine FIP. Yeah, he also hasn't allowed a home, he also hasn't allowed a home run. So it is also funny. It is also funny that out of Otani, Lorenzen, Detmers, Sandoval, and Syndergaard, Detmers obviously has the highest ERA and FIP, and he threw a no-hitter this year. Yeah. How many starters, qualified starters, have yet to give up a home run? I'm just thinking about that. Um, it is Martin Perez, and that's it, of course. Um, I don't think Sandoval qualifies. I mean, can't obviously 40 in the third and if yeah, the Angels have played more than 40 games. All right, let's see every starter with 40 starts. So there's 57 qualifiers and 84 pitchers with 40 innings. So there are guys that are just on the cusp of qualifying that simply have not. Yeah, uh, it is Martin Perez, Michael Kopech, Patrick Sandoval, and that's it. Nice. Love that. Yes. Love Very that. Cool. Um for the Angels, I think it, it might be a good matter of, like, 
keeping everyone healthy and I think that starting staff like it's well also there's the bullpen but yeah I will the bullpen has been so I think strike out block numbers are uh Jimmy Herget has broken out have you looked at that guy uh, it's like a multi-ending release a relief base that they have. Jimmy Herget, three one three ERA, yeah. set two seven five FIP. He's interesting. I'm gonna strike out to walk. Um, yeah, I mean he has less than a walk for nine. Eleven. He has two. Yeah. Two walks and twenty two strikeouts. Uh, he's like a multi-ending relief base for them. Jaime Berea has broken back out for now. His FIP's high compared to his ERA. Um, yeah, they've been, they've been encouraging, Yeah, you know, like we need to see it through 162 because we've seen flashes of this before. Yeah. So the team as a whole has a 111 ERA plus and their, and the team's, uh, ERA is sixth in the AL and their, their offensively, their team OPS is first in the American league at 738 with a 116 OPS plus. Um, so like the offense, offense is promising. And when you have, when you have trout, um, trout doing his thing and then like Taylor Ward, just, you know, I apologize for saying that Taylor Ward's OPS will be below 800 by the end of the year. I think (laughs) I'm going to be wrong about that one. Um, do you think his OPS plus will be above 240? I would hope uh, not. Sure. That'd be that would be insane. <laughs> That's how you're gonna redeem yourself. Look, I'm sorry I said it wouldn't be 800. So guess what? He's gonna have the greatest season since Barry Bonds. Yeah. <laughs> you happy? Yeah. Um, can I ask? Can I ask a negative Angels question? Go ahead. How much longer until they until they move on from Joe Adele? Ooh. Um. I hope they don't. Like, I hope he can figure it out and be a core piece of that that team, but. I mean, he struggled again on offense this year, and his defense was really tough to watch. Yeah, like, and like all the time, all the time that people spent saying that Trout was going to go to a corner outfield spot so that he could play center, like I'm not buying it with what I saw this in the brief sample this year. Yeah, and like when the team's doing good, there's not time for experimentation. So mm-hmm. as long as the Angels are doing good, they're probably going to keep Joe Adele off the field. Yeah, um, like Brandon Marsh has been – he's been doing it. He's got a 116 ERA – or OPS plus. He's hitting 280 with a 735 OPS. Like, he's doing well. Yeah, doing pretty well. Um, and so you got Mar- Marsh and especially Ward yeah. in the outfield. I was going to say, like, with Ward's breakout, like, you don't even really need to try with Adele, right? You have Otani DHing. You have the three outfield, outfield spots occupied. He can't play middle infield because both of those guys have a 64 OPS plus. Yeah, and if you believe in – if you're believing in Taylor Ward, um, then Joe Adele is probably just a trade asset. He might um, be. I mean, if the, the Angels only, really want to – if the Angels really believe in themselves at the deadline, that might be the bold move that they make. Yeah, it, it could – it very well could be. I mean, the only concern would be, like, age. This I mean, the, like – Adele is what, 22 right 23. now? 23. He's 23. Three. Taylor Ward is uh, 28. 28. 
Yeah, that is the thing. Is like Taylor Ward probably won't be sustainable. Like long term, give me three years, I'd probably take a chance on Joe Adele. But if the Angels really want to go in this year, that might be the bold move that they go for. Yeah, very well could be. Like, yeah, you you trade Joe Adele for a for a top tier pitcher. Yes, we could see that for sure. Um, I think next episode we should do like a who do we think is available. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been confusing as the top, you know, the top pitcher on the market might be Martin Perez. Yeah. And that's not, and that's not a a statement of how lackluster the starting pitching market is. That is how good Martin Perez has been. Yeah. It's also like, yeah, he's, he's this year's Kyle Gibson. He's Mm -hmm. a, he's a soft contact getting Texas Rangers pitcher. And maybe maybe the Phillies will throw a top tier prospect at at them. <laughs> the Phillies, yeah, that, that I could see that fit. Yeah, the, the exact I mean, hey, it's a it's a pitcher friendly ballpark, right? Yeah, the famous Citizens Bank ball, ballpark heats up all the holds, home runs, holds balls in. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Anything to say on the Angels before we? Uh, um, I mean, as far as postseason goes, I feel like I, it's too soon for me to make an official decision, even with the, you know, with the extra spot opening up. Like there are some AL teams that have been performing. You look at the Rays, you have the Blue Jays, the Red Sox are coming back up, the White Sox, um, and then, you know, the Twins. Like I think even with the standings being what they are right now, I think it's an uphill battle for them to get to that postseason spot or just any of them because – to be honest, I really don't see the division as that route with the Astros being who they are, but yeah, I, give, I need more time to make an official decision on them. Yeah, I think a lot of the teams we're talking about also are um, going to benefit from that extra postseason spot, and I think that the, that's especially true with like the Angels and the Twins. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see them being hot. If you had to, if you had to ask me right now who would be the seventh best team in the al by record my my answer would probably be angels yeah that would make sense would make a lot of sense um like that would tell me all right well that's the angels we'll be keeping tabs on them throughout the year um always always an interesting team so now we get into our Friday, May 27, 2022 edition of um, who do you got for us today? So for my how about that today, uh, this is just comical. And I've been looking at this guy the whole year and I wanted to give him more time. And I think the time has come. I'm talking about Tommy Edmond today. Yeah. Uh, if you if you look at the position player F4 leaderboard right now, it is hysterical. The top 10 is Manny Machado. Mookie Betts, Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, Jose Ramirez, Rafael Devers, Tommy Edmond, Paul Goldschmidt, Freddie Freeman, Nolan Arnato. Like yeah. That's that's nine superstar players, and Tommy Edmond is there with them. <laughs> like that, like you could argue those nine are the all MLB team. Yes, for sure. Like Machado, Machado, Betts, Judge, Trout, Ramirez, Devers, Goldschmidt. You have you do have three third basemen there. Um Whatever. But yeah. Goldschmidt, Freeman, Arnold, four, four of them, four third basemen there. Sorry. In uh, Ramirez, Devers, uh, Machado, Arnado. 
to him. Um, but regardless, Tommy Edmond has been one of the best players in baseball this year. Uh, much of his performance has been what we're kind of used to with him, you know, solid defense, good speed, high contact rates. None of that has changed, but he's added some more uh, tools into his repertoire. He is walking now. Tommy Edmond had never had a walk rate above 7% before this season. And as of right now, he currently holds a 10.2% walk rate that moves him from the 10th percentile last year to the 68th percentile this year. That is a pretty extreme jump for him. He has also increased uh, his previous high in hard hit percentage by 5% uh, based on this season compared to his best season beforehand. And also his best barrel rate has gone up by 2.8%. So he's hitting the ball harder. He's making better contact and he's taking pitches a lot more. And he is also one of few players that has gotten thrown more off pitches than breaking balls this year. Normally, if you go on Savant and you look at like the pitch breakdown thrown to every every position player, it kind of looks the same for everyone. You know, it's like fastball is at like two thirds of it, maybe like a little less than half of it. And then breaking balls off speed, kind of close to each other, but usually it's breaking balls ahead of off speed. Tommy Edmonds, one of the few guys that gets thrown more off speed pitches than breaking balls, which is weird because uh, on off speed pitches this year, he is hitting 389 with a 472 slugging. So he's feasting off of them. And lastly, and probably most impressively, uh, Tommy Edmond is swinging at the first pitch in 29% of his plate appearances, which is not a lot, but he had never swung at the first pitch more than 26% in any season of his career entering 2022. And last year he swung at the first pitch 21%. So he's improved that by eight. I don't want to say improved because that's very subjective, but it's gone. He's swinging at the first pitch 8% more. And when he swings at the first pitch this year, he's batting 571 with an 11.43 slugging percentage in, I believe, 54 in I believe 54 plate appearances, uh, that that 11.43 slugging ranks second among the 247 hitters with at least 100 plate appearances, and he is, uh, yeah, it's impressive. So Tommy Edmond uh, has been has been going up there. It's interesting because he's either going up swing and doing well, or he's working that bad and also doing well. Yeah, very uh, conflicting, but very good. Tommy Edmond, uh, also my player to watch. So it's an indirect victory lap, but I'll take yes. it for sure. Um, my player to highlight um, is uh, related to, you know, baseball royalty, Mike Yastrzemski, um, <laughs> noted uh, 2020 NL MVP candidate, uh, <laughs> Sort of like, you know, very funny, but he's definitely uh, played up to that level in his last 24 games as in those last 24 games, he is hitting 363 with a 1066 OPS out of 208 batters with 90 plus plate appearances since April 20 on date. Uh, Yastrzemski's OPS ranks eighth and his weighted runs created plus ranks seventh out of those 208 and his on base percentage ranks fourth. Out of 258 batters with 50-plus batted balls since April 20, his expected WOBA ranks 14th, which is top 6%. Uh, and just overall in the year, he's been excellent. Uh, his average exit velocity is in the 97th, or 95th percentile. His expected WOBA is in the 94th percentile. Walk rate in the 91st percentile. Whiff rate in the 84th. And his chase rate is in the 98th percentile. Wow. Um. His whip rate has gone from 
24.2% in 2021 to 18.1% this year. And his chase rate went from 23% down to 17.6%. Uh, out of 181 qualifiers, Mike Yastrzemski has the 8th and 10th biggest drops in chase rate and whiff rate, respectively. So he's been one of the biggest uh, improvers at uh, making contact and also uh, not swinging at balls. Along with that, he has also seen a 7.2% increase in zone contact percentage, which is the fifth highest increase out of those 181 qualifiers. So Mikey Stramski, he's seen the ball a lot better, um, being very good at pitch selection. And when he chooses, chooses to swing at the ball, he's making very good contact. Um, well, he's, first of all, he's making contact and the contact is very good as he's, you know, 95th percentile on average exit velocity and uh, made great strides this year. So Mike Yastrzemski getting a very well-deserved. Absolutely. Um, so now we'll go from the highs to the lows where we're talking players or subjects that have been underperforming. And now for our Friday, May 27, 2022 edition of... And one thing I forgot to mention is we're recording as a Friday. This might be coming... This might actually be coming out on Saturday, so you know, yes. forgive us if these uh, stats are one day delayed. But you know, these, it was true when we said it. It was true when we said it. So, uh, Daniel, who is your slightly alarming? My slightly alarming is someone who, over the last couple of years, has been a perennial superstar player that hasn't really been gotten it going lately. He recently came back from an injury. Uh, it's Byron Buxton, and he is since April twenty sixth. That is just over a month now. Uh, he is slashing 134 with a 217 OBP, 329 slugging, which is pretty good considering the rest of that, uh, and a 547 OPS. Both of his average and OBP rank dead last among the 170 qualifiers over that sample. Uh, and before before April 26th, uh, he had an average exit velocity of 97.8 miles an hour, which obviously that was never going to be sustainable, but. It is all the way down to 90.4, which is closer to where he was back in back in pre-2020 when he was on the cusp of becoming looked at as, uh, I don't want to say failed top prospect, but, uh, you know, someone who never really reached their potential. Yeah. Um, he's particularly, particularly struggled in this sample against sliders, change-ups, and cutters. Uh, he's had 30 plate appearances in this stretch where that have ended in those three pitches. And he is batting 049 against them with an 073 slugging. Uh, both of those rank dead last among the 158 hitters with at least 25 batted balls against those three pitches in the span. So the book is out on Byron Buxton. He struggles right now against cutters, changeups, and sliders. If you're a pitcher, you almost certainly have at least one of those, maybe two, maybe three. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he can adjust to this. Yeah. Byron Buxton. Um, my, uh, my slightly alarming, um, you know, was a top prospect very, very recently um, and just had his rookie year last year and uh, started, out, started out the year very well, but has really been, you know, a tale of two seasons. I'm talking about Wander Franco. Um, who in his last 19 games is hitting 189 with a 448 OPS. Uh, in this span, out of 176 qualifiers, his OPS ranks seventh worst. 
Out of 133 players with 50-plus batted balls in this span, his expected Woba is 10th worst, so it's not complete bad luck. Um, he's expected to be doing, you know, 10th worst out of 133. Uh, also, before this span, his hard hit rate was a, was a very elite 47.6%, and in this span, it is uh, not very elite, 30.2%. Uh, also, before his average exit velocity was 90, 90.7 miles per hour. And during the span, his average exit velocity is 86.3 miles per hour. You know, a 4.4 mile per hour drop in average exit velocity is a, is a good amount for sure. And uh, overall in the year, and I don't know if this is necessarily a problem. I feel like he's always had this approach, but maybe it's kind of biting him a little bit right now. But overall in the year, he has the third lowest pitches per plate appearance out of 174 qualifiers. And uh, also his chase rate is in the 19th percentile. So what that's telling me is, you know, if you're not seeing a lot of pitches and you have a high chase rate, you're not selecting the best pitches. And I feel like maybe that potentially has always been his approach. And sometimes sometimes it works. Like you look at a guy like Rafael Devers, I think he has a pretty high chase rate and um, – doesn't see a lot of pitches when he hits, but he does very well. But with Wander Franco, it might not be working out right now as, you know, if you're if you're seeing the third least amount of pitches, um, you know, and you're chasing at a at a very bad rate, you could be, you know, not not selecting the best pitches, especially like a young guy like him who hasn't seen a lot of major league pitching yet. Um, maybe maybe needs to be a little more patient, but hey. I am not his hitting coach, so I won't go out and diagnose things, but those are the stats. Wander Franco getting a um, all right, so that does it for players to highlight for good and bad reasons. I guess we'll get into a preview of the weekend ahead. Um, so uh, yeah, we, we have some series. The best series to watch um, in my opinion, would be Rays Yankees at Tropicana Field. Although sometimes it can get depressing to watch those Tropicana Field games because it feels very empty and there's just the distant cowbells sometimes, which can get annoying. So it just feels weird to watch a televised Tropicana Field game. But um, but the competition will be great as it is the top two teams in the American League East, uh, best division in baseball. Um, also a good matchup will be uh, Cardinals Brewers, also the top two teams in the NL Central. And then uh, some out of division baseball that will be happening is Angels Blue Jays in Anaheim. Um, that should be a good- uh, Blue four, Jays took the series opener last night. Yeah, it started last night. So that should be a good four game set. Um, and, uh, you know, Angels are a team that have been, I guess you could say under, or overperforming and the Blue Jays may be a little bit underperforming, at least as of late. Um, all right. So what do you got for some day-by-day matchups? So tonight, uh, I mean, I guess if this is going to release Saturday, these matchups will already happen, but we'll go over them anyway. Um, on oh, yeah. Friday, Carlos Rodon pitches for the Giants, the opener of Giants versus Reds in Cincinnati. Uh, Austin Gomber will pitch for the Rockies against the Nationals. He had a very good outing last time out against the Mets. Garrett Whitlock will be starting tonight for the Red Sox against the Orioles. Chris, you excited for that one? Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, interesting. <laughs> uh, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be, uh, I'll have my eyes glued to the um, television. 
from from your seat in Fenway, right? From my seat in Fenway, yeah. Yeah, cool. We're in the grandstand. Yes, yeah, there'll be a TV. Um, Shane Bieber will be facing Alex Fado in Guardians Tigers in Detroit. Carlos Carrasco will be pitching for the Mets against the Phillies at City Field. How many times have the Mets and Phillies played each other already? Uh, Well, they've had nine (laughs) matchups, yeah. Damn, they're playing each other a lot. I mean, I know it's division, but it's only a month and a half into the season. Um, And they've also been on Sunday Night Baseball 11 times, which – I mean, I know the math doesn't check out, but they no, they, but that's that is how many they haven't even been 11 Sundays in the season, yeah. But they have yeah. been on Sunday Night Baseball 11 times, yeah. Uh, Jamison Tyon will be facing Jeffrey Springs, uh, in Yankees Rays in the trap. I guess I'll save that for matchup of the night. Bailey Ober will be facing Brad Keller tonight in Royals Twins. Royals took the opener last night in Minnesota. Brendan Woodruff versus Dakota Hudson. Dakota Hudson, what a what a meme. Yeah, he's a real old timer. Um, yeah. Alec Manoa uh, will be facing Chase Silseth tonight in uh, Blue Jays Angels. Chase Silseth, a reliever that's been all right for the Angels. Uh, Ryan Pepio, who is a top 100 prospect, will be facing Madison Bumgarner tonight in Dodgers D backs. Jose Quintana versus Sean Manaya. Uh, Jose Quintana has been pretty good this year for the Pirates been getting slept on quite a bit justin verlander versus chris flexen verlander i believe is the american league leader in era um yeah yeah i I believe that's surprisingly and unsurprisingly at the same time yeah john gravers cole irvin and rangers athletics match for the night i'm pretty sure this is already a match for the night but we're gonna go with it again uh in marlins braves in atlanta trevor rogers versus ian anderson yeah a couple young bucks I'm, I'm pretty sure I've already had that as the exact match for the night at some point this season. That's very funny. <laughs> uh, but you know what? We're going with it. On Saturday, um, Nathan Ovaldi will be starting for the Red Sox in the first half of their doubleheader against the Orioles at Fenway. Uh, Adrian Hauser versus Matt Libertor in Brewers Cardinals. Did you see um, Matt Libertor and Nolan Gorman like were childhood best friends and they made their major league debuts together? Um, no, I didn't, but I, that was very cool. I can't there wait. Was like a, there was like a picture of them in little league together. They'd made their debuts with the, uh, Cardinals this, on the same I, day. I hope they play together for 10 years and we see that on every single broadcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I desire that. that is, uh, yeah. The Cardinals like, yeah, they become like a perennial playoff team every year. They're always on Sunday night baseball and yeah, every single week you got a rod like, and these two were, <laughs> <laughs> um chad cool will be facing the nationals against johanna doan tonight johanna doan has been doing a little bit better lately uh tristan mckenzie will be pitching tonight for the or on saturday for the guardians against the tigers uh alex wood will be pitching for the giants against the reds sandy alcantara will be going for the marlins against the braves uh tony gonsolin and merrill kelly will be facing each other those are two guys that have been going under the radar this year on saturday zach Eflin versus taiwan walker and phillies mets Johnny Cueto will be pitching in the uh, in the uh, Cubs White Sox game one or game two of this of the weekend, I guess. Cubs haven't announced their starter yet. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi versus Michael Lorenzen, JT Baker versus Joe Musgrove, Jose Arquiti, Logan Gilbert. Matchup of the night comes from Yankees Rays. Garrett Cole versus Corey Kluber. Ooh, I'd we got st- a we got a we got a two time Cy Young winner in that matchup, and also Garrett Cole. <laughs> I'd be so intrigued if it was 2018. Yeah, dude. It's already intriguing, but like if it was 2018, <laughs> I would be. We need more talk- like 
we need more 2014 classics. Like when we had uh, Wainwright versus Bumgarner the, the few weeks ago, like we need oh. more of that, even though it's understandably pretty rare. On Sunday, you will have Alex Cobb versus Tyler Malley in uh, Giants Reds dead Cincinnati. So Tyler Malley uh, might struggle. That's okay. Nick Pavetta will be going for the Red Sox against the Orioles. Uh, that's a five-game series, by the way. Um, oh, yeah, because so it, it ends Monday, right? It ends Monday because the Red Sox and Orioles were supposed to face each other at Fenway in, like, that first week of the season yes. when yes. games didn't happen. Yeah. Um, anyway, Kyle Freeland and Josiah Gray will be facing each other in uh, Rockies Nats. Eliza Hernandez and Max Freed will be facing each other in Marlins Braves. A lot of good matchups in that series. Um Luis Severino versus Shane McClanahan. That is a good one for the family. Yankees Rays, good matchups there. Oh, here we go. We got a we got a 2014 classic. In uh Royals twins, Zach Greinke versus Sonny Gray. Oh man, that's so awesome. <laughs> you gotta love you gotta love a 2014 classic. It's uh it's a real treasure to behold, and yeah. you, you can't take them for granted. No, they're both very different ages considering they're you know, this is that kind of matchup. Oh, yeah. But Sonny Gray was very good in 2014, and so was Zach Greinke. Yeah, for sure. No doubt about it. Dylan Cease will be pitching in the finale of White Sox-Cubs at uh, Guaranteed Right Field. Miles Michaelis will be pitching for the Cardinals in the finale against the Brewers in St. Louis. Dane Dunning versus James Caprillion in Rangers A's at the Coliseum. Um, Frankie Montas pitched amazing for the A's last night. Tyler Anderson versus Zach Davies in the uh, finale of Dodgers Diamondbacks. I know we're unbiased on this show, but uh, go Dodgers in that matchup. Hmm. Oh, uh, Zach Davies. Yeah. 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 That he's a slightly alarming on the like, not even with stats, just in yeah. humanity. Humanity. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting matchup. Uh, in the finale of Pirates and Padres, Rodney Contreras versus Mackenzie Gore. Uh, those are two very young guys. Right. I haven't uh, Mackenzie Gore has been pretty good, by the way. Yeah, I, I've seen, yeah, which was surprising because he like took a major dive in the um yeah. Took a major dive in the in the like prospect rankings because he was doing bad in like triple A and double A, but he's recovered for sure. Yeah. Luis Garcia versus Marco Gonzalez uh in the finale of Astros Mariners. A lot of good matchups this weekend. Zach Wheeler will be pitching against the Mets on Sunday Night Baseball for the third yeah, time. They, this yeah, they will. Yes, <laughs> and the Phillies, matchup. The, the best rivalry in sports. <laughs> best rivalry involving a New York team. Um, and the matchup of the day comes in the finale of Blue Jays-Angels. You have Jose Barrios versus Patrick Sandoval. Nice. Nice. Very, very good. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. Um, we hope you enjoyed this one. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and want to watch uh, the conversation as it happens, see the view of my Honda CRV, uh, go and check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's called Above Replacement Radio. And of course, follow us on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta and follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran and follow the show Instagram at Above Replacement Radio for all the show needs. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you next week where we will be talking all the happenings in Major League Baseball once again. See you then. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.